girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Welcome back to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. At this time of the year, there are a lot of emotions that are that are going on, that are circulating. Maybe it's excitement. There's anticipation. Oh my gosh, to be like a child, right? And everything is just joyful, wondrous, magical. I hope that's what your life is like right now. I know that at this time of the year, this is one of the hardest times of the year for me personally because my mom made Christmas amazing. Now, just saying that, I should say, oh my God, I love Christmas. I look forward to it, decorating. Every inch of the house is like alive and festive and beautiful. But when she passed away, all of that passed away with her in our lives. And as a, as a mom myself, trying to engage that tradition, I always felt like I wasn't, I wasn't living up to those standards. And then losing my son, that was really traumatic. We didn't know how to move on after that. We didn't know what were the next steps. How do you handle the holidays? What's to celebrate when you have such a hole, a gap in your life? And underlying, you you try to cover up emotions. You try to hide from emotions and, and just deal, just deal the best you can do. And sometimes there's a lot of pretending that happens as well. That over time will lead to increasing anxiety, depression, stress and disease, right? And it can show up and manifest, this disease can manifest as diseases. Well, we want to eliminate that. We want to address these issues that are toxic emotions that we have held deep. You know, here at the Girlfriend Doctor Show, we're all about awakening to all the possibilities that we have in our life and our full potential. And in order to do that, it is about excavating some of the old thoughts, belief patterns, et cetera, that no longer serve us. So I opened this discussion up to our community. How are you addressing um, your holidays this year? And I had a woman write in, and I want to read what she wrote in to all of you. She wrote, hi, Dr. Anna, my name is Abby, and I'm a 40-year-old mother of three boys and one angel girl who passed in 1999. Only two of my sons live with me now. I'm from Pennsylvania. I struggle with mental health since my daughter passed in 1999, over 20 years ago, and it's gotten progressively worse over the years. My anxiety disorder and severe manic depression, it's manifested as OCD of intrusive thoughts and PTSD. All of this is horrible. I don't have friends. I can't live normally. I don't leave the house. I spend my time with animals and watching TV and movies. I don't really have family and my marriage is troublesome. On top of that, I hate how I physically look. I need to lose 70 pounds and can't even get the motivation. Help me, girlfriend doctor. I mean, I feel for her. It is like a time in life and I know what it's like and I'll share a picture of 
of my son, Garrett. And then shortly after my daughter, Ava Marie, was born, we're trying to incorporate him into our family still. And so a family picture with just my daughters and a picture of my son, Garrett. I mean, navigating trauma, whatever it looks like, loss of a child, you know, a traumatic family relationships, thoughts, intrusive thoughts, and now mental illness. What are these things? How can this manifest? I knew for myself, I didn't want to mask any emotions. I wanted to experience it personally, and that's taken me on a journey. And that's why I'm passionate about bringing some solutions to you guys too, as we are with Abby today and sharing part of my journey. And also today on the couch, I'm bringing in a couple amazing guests that have unpacked their trauma and continue to unpack it because it's a life journey. Now we never can replace the life of someone we lost, but we can create new traditions. So let's go to our, um, let's go to our guest experts today. Today on the couch for the Girlfriend Doctor Show, I have two new girlfriends, Joan Landino and Jane Buckley, and they are the therapy twins. They are identical twin sisters and mental health professionals and authors of the best-selling book, Under the Hood, where they tell us all that if we want a smoother ride in life, we have to look under our own hoods, unpacking trauma and moving forward with compassion and forgiveness. Their mission is to help people love more and fear less. Welcome, Joan. Welcome, Jane. I'm glad to have you here on the Girlfriend Doctor Show today. Thank you, Dr. Anna. We are so honored to be here and we'll now call you our new girlfriend. <laughs> I, I love it. You know, I'm on the couch specifically for this therapy session. <laughs> oh, but we are too. <laughs> yes, you are. I know. I love it. Well, tell our audience a little bit about your story and how you both have healed through your own journey, your own trauma, and, uh, you know, and just the work that you're doing and so passionate about right now. Well, we're retired um, therapists and, um, you know, the standing joke about why people go into certain professions. I know for me, I could freely say I went into uh, psych, uh, mental health, because I was a mess. I just was a, a, a bit of a wreck. And, you know, life wasn't going that well. And how many years of the same uh, boring complaining and all nothing working out. And so we decided, because it's kind of frowned upon in mental health to come out with your own mental illness. Absolutely. We, yeah. We, um, there were a few people that did it before us and we are so honored that they gave us that path. Anyway, we decided to write a book and come out with our own, um, trauma and problems and tell people it's never too late and things just weren't going well for us and Joan. And also we wanted to make it into an ADHD friendly book because how many people pick up self-help books and then throw it across the room once it hits a nerve. So not only did we do that, but we also gave some tidbits that helped us and that it's possible that it might help you. So it's a very friendly, more of a manual type with um, how to get through it. But of course we slam ourselves and how we were 
unable to get through it for years. Usually they think the therapist yeah. is all that in a bag of chips, but no, no not these two. No, we were crushed <laughs> potato chips. And, and you know, some, sometimes it's not unable. Sometimes it's really unwilling. Yes. And sometimes you've got to kind of hit rock bottom before you're like, you know what? I need a different path. I need a change here. Okay. And so we did it. So what are like before, and I, and I honor you for that because I mean, seriously, we are, you, in a role of authority and people are seeking us out to help them. And you're like, man, you know, I'm a mess, right? Like how, how do I even yeah. bring this up? So I applaud you for the courage that you both have had in sharing, sharing your journey and sharing your stories too. And that just brings up a really good point. It's like at this time when you're feeling like, okay, I have to excavate some of these issues, these traumas that I've been holding on to or that have been behind locked doors. I think it's really important, number one, to know that um, there, you know, it's causing disruption. It's affecting our hormones. It's affecting our mood. It's affecting our joy and our life. It's robbing it. I would say it's the thief that comes to rob and steal when we haven't addressed these traumas. So I want to talk about that. Like, okay, well, I, we could say, well, I've dealt with that or that was years ago. It shouldn't be bothering me anymore. So what is, what is the process to looking under our own hoods? Well, I want to say for me, I guess I was unwilling, but what I found was if you don't take care of some of these issues, even though you think, you know what, I was a baby when that happened, I don't even remember. What it does is it pops out and the hormones, it's very interesting that you said that, the hormones are like the gas turning it on. So all of a sudden we are flipping out over the smallest thing, but what it's really coming from is the past trauma that we did not deal with. Definitely, I would say ages 35 to 55. I don't know when you guys started dealing with your trauma. I'm curious about that, but ages 35 okay. to 55, it's this period of neuroendocrine vulnerability when our progesterone level starts to drop. So that protective kind of cloud that we've had, kind of that lid that we've had kind of opens way back up. So if we have these issues, if those of us who have had trauma or childhood, you know, in our childhood, adverse childhood experiences or mm -hmm. PTSD, they kind of, it kind of resurfaces in many, can resurface as memories. It can resurface as anxiety, depression, mood swings, psychosis. I mean, it can resurface in, in many ways and physical symptoms too. So when was it that you guys started working on your story? I know it's, it's funny you mentioned those, those ages, Anna, because I believe, I think I tried starting when I was about um, 30, but my son was just born. So that wasn't going to work out. So I would say the 35 to 55, but you know, we're 60 right now and it is a process and I'm still working on it. I think that um, a lot of times just to back up to that previous question, we thought we dealt with it. Sometimes it's just a lifelong process and it's dealing with the same things, different scenarios um, every day. But that 35 to 55 really rings true for me. Yeah, because insomnia will kick in too. You don't treat your trauma, you end up, it's irritability, uh, insomnia, impulsivity, especially with our words. And, you know, I don't know if you, I learned this very late in life. I didn't understand why I was acting that way and come to find out the PTSD brain. Just think of a snake. He is, he or she is only born with the PTSD brain. And of course, does he want a spoon? No. Does he bite first? And hope you don't ask a question later because it'll bite you again. Absolutely. Do people like him? No, they fear him. And that's no way to live. Fear him or, or hate him. 
I didn't want to say that word. That's a harsh word. <laughs> that is, that is. And, and so when you talk about dealing with your trauma, does it, like, uh, the processes that, that you take or you take people through in addressing trauma, does it matter what the trauma was or is there a, a step-by-step that we all look at regardless of what the trauma was? You know, I think it, it probably matters most to the person. Um, they want to be heard, they want to be validated about that trauma. So that's very important to them, but technically it, it does matter what the trauma is to that person, but technically the process <laughs> is um, you start where the patient's ready and willing to start and you, you go from there. And, and I want to just say it really is a lifelong um, choice to continue dealing with it so that we could all have a joyous life rather than a, a very difficult, sad, hard life. Yeah, so true. Can you, can you give us an example and walk us through a process? Sure. Um, some of the emotions that come through with PTSD, I'll say is fear, horror, anger, guilt, and shame. And most likely, um, if you've been violated or have had some type of traumatic experience where you felt violated, you have a lot of anger, a lot of unforgiveness, and hatred. <laughs> so like Jane will say, you don't say this right away to somebody, but what is the feeling underneath the anger? Anger is usually a secondary emotion. And for me, it was fear. And when you have fear, you are not living in the present. You are living in the future because you don't want anything like that to happen again. So that's, so one of the tips is to identify the feeling underneath the anger and the hatred. I think Joan also touched on a point where you really have to build a relationship with that person so that they feel safe enough to trust you. And it doesn't have to be a therapist. It could be um, a, a mentor. It could be your best friend. It could be your clergy person. It could be the bartender, I guess, and the hair, the hairstylist. But you build a, uh, a bond of trust so that the person feels comfortable. And one of the fun things about um, exploring someone's journey is you will notice patterns. Either the, the person notices it or the um, objective helper notices it, which is therapist, et cetera. And when you start noticing those patterns, then you get to start moving into another step of uh, looking at them differently, changing your perceptions about it. Um, and, and moving to the next step of change, which, would, which might include practicing. And a lot of people, including myself, I didn't want to do the work. It's difficult. You know, when you say um, forgiveness, you know, I thought, why should I forgive that person? Why, you know, what they did to me, couldn't that be just God? And I guess unless- And, and I, me, I wouldn't forgive. Mm -hmm. So unless mm -hmm. I can actually say, when you forgive somebody, you're not forgiving them for the act that they did or what they said to you or what they did to your body. You're forgiving yourself. You don't have to be a prisoner to this anger anymore. And it really does lift your spirit. And what we, what Jane and I have are a few phrases that you just plug in any person that did you wrong. But if you don't know the person, if you were in a natural disaster or somebody mugged you in Poughkeepsie, New York, ha ha and you didn't know their name, you just plug in mugger or, you know, that not so nice person that did that to me. 
And some of the tips you think at first won't help, but it's such a relief when you say it out loud. And you say like, I think that's, that's what a- that bastard did. I mean, can you be yeah. graphic like that? I mean, I'm forgiving you, you bastard. I don't know. But for example, I'm just thinking, but also I think what a really important thing, forgiveness is not for them, it's for you. And that forgiveness yes. is not reconciliation. And I think that's really an important, you know, differentiation to make too, that I know you guys make this. So let's talk about some of those phrases. What are some of those phrases? That um, okay. Oh, oh, wait, wait. You mean things like pay at the pump or pay later? No, I, I oh. forgive you blank. I forgive you blank. Oh, oh, I like the one. Um, Oops. <laughs> I like the, the, the gratitude one. And it is, and this didn't come from me and I am. I'm sad that I don't remember the, the lady's name who gave it to me. But anyway, so it's thank you blank for that negative experience. I'd like to return it to you with love for your own emotional healing. And I say, amen. You can say, I give thanks. I give thanks. And, and what, why would you do that though, Jane? Because our thoughts are what? Our words, excuse me. Are a boomerang. Are, yes. Yeah. I didn't do that, yes. that exercise until somebody said, Joan, you know, your words are a boomerang, right? And I said, what do you mean? That comes right back to me. And they're like, exactly. So by saying it out loud, there's a vibration that the universe is hearing and it's helping you and actually it's helping the whole world to be less angry and hateful and fear less. Because thank you and um, thank you are the most powerful words everybody uh, says are in the universe. And so if we're really not thanking um, that experience because we're always learning and we, we, we are learning from every experience. And as humans, I think that people sometimes forget that this is all about experiencing um, those five senses. Sometimes people think they're six senses. And so if we're going to experience only good, the experience might be diminished because if you don't know hate, you might not appreciate and know the true value of love, um, mm. et cetera. If you don't know sadness, you might not know joy. Uh, and I think and that's on, 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 on. a beautiful dichotomy. There's a favorite, you bring to mind a favorite uh, poem by um, the, the Halil Gibran, the author Halil Gibran. He wrote in The Prophet on joy and sorrow. And he said that yes. same well of sorrow that, uh, to paraphrase, that same well of sorrow is because of all the joy you've had. You know, all the joy. Oh, I got that it is so beautiful. It's really that a beautiful, beautiful, inspirational quote, too. But exactly that the double, yeah. you know, the double sided emotions and that the range exactly. of emotions that you want to experience. And I think, too, with this and, and forgiveness, that is that is such a powerful process. Do you have another forgiveness tool as well? Well, I have another tool. Good. And, and the tool is, is in the <laughs> privacy. In the privacy of your own, wherever, you can do it in your car, you can do it in, in uh, your uh, bedroom, um, where you imagine the situation that you, ha- you find unforgivable, mm-hmm. and you actually become your own writer and you, you, or producer or whatever, and you change it to how you wished it had gone. You know, you can start out funny. You really can. Um, and you can start out, you know, like an Academy Award winner. And what you do is you kind of change it to what would have been helpful to you. Uh, Carolyn Miss has a beautiful um, saying of that. Yeah. 
about that when the person comes up and says, um, hey, I did you wrong, but uh, hey, I, I don't really know what was going on in my life back then. And you think, wow, was that an apology? Uh, I don't even feel good about that. And you know, when do we really get those apologies that we expect to get? But if you kind of do it in your own way and recreate it, because remember, forgiveness had nothing to do with that other person or event. It had to do with yourself. So you can change that narrative up and, and find that comforting as well. I, I, I love that. And I think changing that narrative, reproducing a, an outcome or a, another story from that, just transforming it. That's, that's powerful. That's interesting. And I love Caroline Miss. I love oh, her I work. So good. I wouldn't do positive affirmations. I just wouldn't do it. I would say I'm a realist. Why would I say that I'm calm and I'm, you know, well-adjusted when I didn't feel calm and well-adjusted? And it wasn't until a person in the field said, she walked by and, and said, excuse me, Joan, you do realize that positive affirmations are lies at first. And I thought, no, no, I didn't view them as lies. I Maybe I did. I don't know. So when she told me that, it was like, she gave me permission to lie. So I began lying to myself because the Native Americans, they did not ask their God for water. They got into a group together and they imagined that it was already raining. That helped me to start to begin to do positive affirmations. And remember, if we tell ourselves something for long enough, universally, you will start to believe it because your subconscious mind is listening as well. Not just my mm. uptight conscious mind that has all kinds of judgments. No, the subconscious mind is where we want to reach. I love doing a trick with the, re <laughs> the realists of the world because when I was a realist, um, I was severely depressed and angry and <laughs> unforgiving. But the, um, the fun experiment to do right with the realist is to grab a glass, fill it halfway with, um, let's say, wine instead of water, and come over to the realist and ask them, what do they see? And they're going to say, I see a glass of wine. And you're going to say, and how uh, far up in the glass is it? And they'll say halfway. And so you hand them that wine or water and say, by the way, what do you think is filling the other part of that glass? And they'll say air, or they might say uh, nitrogen or something. And, and then I like to just tell them that, do you realize, do you, <laughs> do you realize that, that your glass of wine is half full right now, but it is also half empty? And you choose as a realist mm -hmm. which one you're going to focus on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so sad because I used to focus on the half empty. Yeah, we mm -hmm. both did. And, yeah. you know, people, people with trauma, um, people with mild trauma. I mean, it is a choice every day. Do I see the sun shining or do I see the sun in the backyard instead of, you know, I don't know, things like that. Well, and I, I hear you. Are there some affirmations that are your favorite affirmations that you start off with? Or you oh, start off with I've your got clients? my new one. I love that my life is simple, easy, fun, and joyous. I love that. So uh, my life is simple, easy, fun, and easy. joyous. All right, but wait, I want to tell one that helped me so much for those concrete, um, if you have any concrete people in the audience. <laughs> 
like <laughs> myself. But um, the one that helped me the most was the door to my heart opens inward because I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> it, it comes from Louise Hay. And, uh, but Jane tricked me. And when I said, Jane, what does this mean that I can love myself? Because that's what I meant. If I opened the heart inward, mm. I felt that that meant I was going to love myself. Jane might have said, yeah, or she walked away. So I said that affirmation for a full month as many times as I could. And when she told me what it really meant from Louise Hay, I would not have said it at the time. So I'm grateful for the fact that there are some uh, affirmations that are uh, open for interpretation. So the door to my heart opens inward actually meant that I forgive everybody, including myself, for perceived wrongs. As soon as that word perceived, my old self would have torn that card right up because they were wrong. Anywho, it really worked like a charm. People uh, thought I was medicated. They thought uh, I was on medicine. Oh, you're so funny. I love it. I love it. And I love that affirmation too as well. And then also the interpret interpretation of the affirmation for herself because sometimes it will come to us and it's it, you received it in the way that you were really there that mm -hmm. you, would help you the most. And and I, I love that about that, Joan, too. Now, we're in the midst of the season, Christmas, holidays, that can be very, very stressful and grievous for so many people. I, you know, I think that um, at this time when these, you know, traumas from the past can really come to light because of family dysfunctions. And here you're supposed to begin together with your families. And now you've right. got, you know, COVID and additional drama around it. What is something people can be doing now to also help releasing that tension, that fear, that aggression, that hate, that anxiety that um, tends to surface at this time of the month? What, what can we do or this time of the year? Well, one, one of the things <clears throat> people should start with um, taking good care of self-care, meaning you're drinking your water, you're eating you know, whole foods, you're getting a little fresh air and exercise, et cetera. But I, one of the things that worked for me, and I really didn't come up with it myself, we don't <laughs> even have to go through. Um, when, when we are experiencing trauma, you know, I don't mean that. When we have trauma in our past and we are irritable, depressed, chaotic people, who do we take things out on, of course, are the people that we trust the most. And I'm sitting here next to my identical twin sister, which means the egg split. And so this is part of my DNA. Joan and I were so hateful toward each other that I think they, our family wasn't going to even have us at the holidays. I mean, it, it was so bad that nobody wanted us around. So one of the things I started doing with the help of somebody was to begin viewing Joan especially, but other members of my family through compassionate eyes. And I viewed that as an exciting um, task for myself to do, almost like a game. I am going to start, not going to respond or react the way I normally would. I'm going to start looking at her through compassionate eyes. And I did that with most members of my family. And it doesn't, like most things, does not happen overnight and it doesn't work overnight. But what an amazing response because the only person we can really change is ourselves. Yep. Yep. 
And when you say looking at, say, for example, looking at Joan with compassionate eyes, what did that, how did you think through that? What does that look like? So you could say how horrible I was. I <laughs> did you know. hear, did you hear what she's saying? No. She's mumbling. She is mumbling. I said, you could say how horrible I was. I'm fine. I'm good. I can hear it. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, um, yes, what? I'll tell you. With PTSD, what I just, I came to the revelation well into my 50s, if not when I was 60. What I didn't realize that because you have been violated, you are at a heightened awareness. Yes, I knew that, but you're at a heightened awareness of unfairness and what you view as disrespectful. The minute that happens, you treat that person who's probably just saying, I told you to get the ice cream out of the refrigerator, you know, two hours ago and you didn't do it. Well, now I'm going to say, maybe I didn't hear, whatever, I'd be screaming. So when I realized that it was what I viewed as disrespectful and what I viewed as unfairness, it helped me to not have to react like a violent snake every time somebody said something that I viewed as disrespectful. So what I'm hoping, Jane, is that you said that when I said one of those vicious comments, instead of walking out or saying, wow, you need help or you deserve help, you took it. Is that correct? Or you switched oh, up? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, some, I felt okay. it. I felt Jane well, not you know, being on if, if we're going to be honest here, <laughs> really, really talk to our girlfriends here. Um under no circumstances are we saying ever to take abuse. You don't sit there and take abuse. So for example, when if, and I'm going to just say it, let me say it frankly. So Joan flipped out on me because I said, who knows what I said. First, the, I used to argue back and that's, you, that's um, a fail. Nobody wins in those types of things. Um, I, or defending yourself. Or defend myself. But, you know, and maybe I took a little bit of the verbal abuse, but no, 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 you don't do that. So if, if Joan's out of control, I'm going to remove myself, especially if she can't remove herself from wherever it is. But viewing Joan through compassionate eyes was more of oh. um, finding out, was there any validity to what she was upset about? And why might that be? Not that I'm going to figure out Joan's issues, but I'm looking at her now. I Joan was born. We were both premature. We were both supposed to die. Joan was sicker. So I viewed her at six months where Joan had a brain tumor and she needed surgery. And she almost died for a second time. So I, I, I viewed her as the infant uh, with blood coming through her dressing and how horrible that must have been. And then, you know, it goes from there. You might um, view her as being so anxious before going into first grade without me. That's when we were separated. And when you, when you find yourself having compassion toward another person, and with that comes empathy, you yourself, don't say things like, well, I told you to get the ice cream an hour ago. <laughs> That's not what you say now. Through compassionate eyes, you say, oh, I'll go get it. Yeah. It's simple wording. Wow. 
And you felt the difference, Joan, when she started. Immediately, I was thinking. Well, actually, not immediately. I remember going like this. Wow. Who was that again? (laughs) (laughs) But I did feel it. She was wondering, what is Jane up to? (laughs) Yeah. I felt good. I felt felt less on edge. My hypervigilance came down a little bit because I didn't feel I had to keep defending every little thing that was happening in my life. That's exhausting. Uh, and behind her back, oh, behind Joan's back, people were saying to me, but why do you have to be the bigger person? Why do you have to uh, step, step up to the plate? We can, we can do this competition thing all day, all night. But if you want a relationship desperately enough, and I did, I wanted a relationship with my sister. Um, you'll do the work. Because when you do the work, you will see the other person is doing it. Or maybe they don't, and then they go off and never talk to you again. And that's okay, too. We view it as manipulation, human manipulation. If I want a relationship to change with somebody else, I am going to look at them through compassionate eyes and start changing the way I interact with that person. We all have an aunt or an uncle that's going to push everybody's buttons. Go. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Compassion is one of the highest vibrational energies that there is, right? Spiritually, right. it increases yeah. our heart rate variability. I mean, it is, I mean, there is science to back up the practice of compassion. So I want to thank you. I could talk with you guys on the couch all day for oh, sure. Us too. And I hate to wrap, but this, you've given us such valuable information and really um, tools that we can be using right now with our family. And I love this compassion changing how we are, it does bring to mind a book for relationships called Fireproof, right? It wasn't about changing the other person. It was about how we changed our own responses to the situation. Because as you talked about earlier, the pattern. So that's a great, uh, Fireproof is a great book for for husbands and wives to that are dealing with, or people in a relationship that are dealing with stress or strains. And probably at this time of the year, relationship stresses are really, really high. I want to thank you, ladies, you guys, the therapy twins. And uh, we'll put thank links you. here in the show notes where people can find you and continue to follow your work and, and the amazing work that you're doing. And thank you guys for sharing with such vulnerability. All right, I'm going to bring you guys back on the show in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. The Girlfriend Doctor Club is here. We've been building our community for years on Facebook and Instagram through the Girl Talk questions that you send in that I answer on my website and in the newsletters and messages that I send out to you every week over email talking about what matters most to all women everywhere. Now we're taking this to the next level. And yes, creating the Girlfriend Doctor Club. I am super excited about this. It is the perfect way to jump into 2021, linking arms with each other for inspiration, support, encouragement, and so much fun. So join the Girlfriend Doctor Club for just $1 in January. And believe me, you don't want to miss our inaugural month. We are dedicating January to making all our health and wellness dreams come true. Here's a little bit of what we're planning. We're going to start with my signature Keto Green Challenge to get you back on track with your fitness and health goals. We all need this after 2020, right? 
We're going to alkalinize you, girlfriend, and we're going to eat the best, healthiest, and delicious foods you can imagine while boosting your immunity and helping you lose weight. We can do it together. We'll also have weekly all-star guest appearances from my best girlfriends who are world-renowned fitness experts and health gurus. We'll also have weekly online meetings in the Girlfriend Doctor Clubhouse to talk about the questions we all want answers to and to really empower each other to elevate our lives. We'll have menus, motivation, and so much more. So join for $1 in January and then get the rest of the year at over 50% off the regular membership prices. This means you'll have access to the exclusive club for under $50 a month. This club is my way of giving back to you, girlfriend, because you have given me so much love and support over the years. I wanted to create a place where we can say what we want and then go after it together. There's so much healing in community. All year long, you'll get special savings on my products and programs. I'll be designing fitness, health, and motivational challenges for you. And there are a few surprises I'm cooking up too. Please join us. I can't wait to see you in the club. This one click will change your life. Wow, girlfriends, I know this was really an emotional show, and this may have triggered some emotions in you that are coming up. And I want to just reemphasize putting on the lens of compassion, compassion for those around you, but really compassion for yourself, forgiveness for yourself, those times that we aren't sure where this emotion is coming from or where this action was. And if, you know, hey, I've been there too. I get it. Let me tell you. Well, you know that I'm here for you as your girlfriend doctor, and there's nothing I love more than talking to you about things that really matter to all women everywhere. And I'm here to help. I'm here to help you flourish, shine, embrace, and awaken so that we can all live better lives before, during, and after menopause. Remember to put on that lens of compassion, to follow those positive, affirmations throughout your day and to, you know, even if you don't believe them initially, eventually you will. And that's the positive lens to look at. We're going to look at life with uh, uh, rose-colored glasses and through a, uh, what do you say? My mom used to say, um, la vie en rose, that you look through life through rose-colored glasses. And that's a beautiful way to look at it. It doesn't say cover up when you don't feel good. It doesn't say suppress your emotions. And this is where we're important after talking to the therapy twins. I mean, deal with these emotions, understand where they're coming from and, and let's practice that moving forward. So I look forward to seeing you on our next show. We've got a lot more coming and don't forget, you can ask or tell me anything. There is no such thing as too much information. Be sure to go to my webpage at dranna.com, click the show page, and there is all the show notes. So with links, helpful tools, and additional resources to help you on your journey so that you're feeling even more amazing as we go through this year, next year, and every year to come. And on the Girlfriend Doctor Show, don't forget there's a place that you can type in your question for me as well. Happy holidays.